0: One of the questions that mankind has wrestled with throughout history is, what am I here for? Do I have a purpose? And it's not just philosophers or religious uh, institutions that wrestle with this question or questions like this, uh, but even in our own lives, Right? We, we wrestle through and uh, wonder, do I have some type of meaning? Is there some type of purpose for me? God's Word helps us with this. Uh, as Christians, we see that God has a purpose for us. And we're going to see that in our text today. Turn with me to Luke chapter 9. I've titled today's sermon, Sent Out with a Purpose. I'm going to read the first nine verses from Luke 9 and then pray for us. Luke 9, verse 1, Summoning the twelve, he gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. Then he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Take nothing for the road, he told them. No staff, no traveling bag, no bread, no money. And don't take an extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there and leave from there. If they do not welcome you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and traveled from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing everywhere. Herod the Tetrarch heard about everything that was going on. He was perplexed because some said that John had been raised from the dead, some that Elijah had appeared, and others that one of the ancient prophets had risen. I beheaded John, Herod said, but who is this that I hear such things about? And he wanted to see him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We confess your word is true today. And God, I pray that you will... Work now in our hearts and minds. Um, remind us of the, uh, the purpose that we've been given. And for those who have not come to Christ, draw them in uh, as they hear the words of, of the, the purpose that we have. Uh, use us for your glory, God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now as we look at these nine verses, uh, it's important that we don't think that th- there's a universal, just kind of direct correlation with what's happening, uh, and what Jesus is, how He's using the, the twelve, uh, and how it applies to us. But the principles that are here and the truths that are here, uh, in the text are absolutely true for us still today Uh, so there may be certain works that he was doing through the 12 that we may not be doing right now however uh the principle principle behind what he is telling them is still applicable across the board for christians so the first thing that i want us to see is this jesus empowers us for the work that he calls us to Jesus empowers us for the work that he calls us to. Let's look at verse 1, back in Luke 9. Summoning the twelve, he gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. Jesus had already called these disciples, these twelve, to be his Followers uh, in, a, in a special, unique way. Uh, there was a larger crowd of disciples, of course, but these 12, uh, he is using them and training them and preparing them for the mission that he has. And so he calls those 12 to him. He summons them and then he empowers them to do the ministry that he's about to send them out on. He gave them what they needed before he ever sent them out to do the work. He didn't leave them to fend for themselves. I don't know about any of you. I used to love, I still love watching episodes of this. I don't get to do it as much. But shows like Man vs. Wild. Or, uh, Survivor Man came after that, I believe. But the, the idea of the, the individual getting dropped off in the middle of nowhere, and they had to figure out how to make it, right, in the, in the wild, uh, and see if they could make it back. And I would, I loved watching those. And I had these visions of like, yeah, I could do that. And I absolutely could not. Uh, but I loved that. Uh, even the show Survivor, which is, which, you know, uh, that competition, like you get dropped on an island somewhere and then you have to make it. you got to try to make it to the end. And it was all, you got to figure it out. You've got nothing or very little and you've got to figure out how to make it. And sometimes I think we think that this is how things are with the Christian life. With the mission that God has for us, the purpose that God has for us. And it absolutely is not how our Savior works. When Jesus calls us to a work, when he, when he wants us to serve Him and sends us out with a purpose, He empowers us to do exactly what it is that He wants us to do. He gives us everything we need through the Holy Spirit to do the work that He has for us. We see that modeled here. He summoned the disciples and empowered them for what he was going to do. We see that again right before he ascends back into heaven. This is after he has been resurrected in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. We read these words from Jesus. But you will receive power When the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And one of the gospel accounts has Jesus telling them before this to go and wait until they receive the power of the Holy Spirit. There's an order there that a believer will receive the Holy Spirit and then he will, through the Spirit, empower them to do the work that he has for them. And so we believe, Scripture teaches, that all Christians, all followers of Christ have been indwelt with the Holy Spirit. We have the very Spirit of God working in us and through us. Right, and so we have the power of God at work, and so as we think about the the ministry that God has for us, the the work that He's calling us to, we don't have to think about it in terms of like I just don't know if I have what it takes. He's given us everything that we need for the work that He's that He's calling us to, because He's given us Himself. Right, So we need to remember that, church. We are not left on our own when we feel like, I don't have what it takes to share the good news of the gospel with somebody. I don't have what it takes to do some type of ministry or some type of good work. I just don't know if I have everything that is needed. That's not true. We have everything that is necessary because we have the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit will empower us to do the work that He has for us. So let's remember that. We're not on our own uh, when it comes to the, the work that Jesus is calling us to. The second truth is this. Jesus sends us out for His mission. It's important that we see that this is His mission. This is the work that he is doing and had been doing, okay? Verse 2, back in Luke 9. Then he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Right. So he's given them power and then he sends them out. It's it's time for you to go and here's what you need to do. You're going to proclaim the kingdom of God. Verse 6. Uh, says they went out proclaiming the good news. right? They're, so they're out proclaiming the good news about Jesus Christ and then healing all the sick. Now this is one of those that we would not say that this is universal, that all believers are now supposed to go out and heal the sick in this way. But, But the principle that applies there for ministry for us to keep in mind is we are called to speak the truth, And to demonstrate the love of God, care for people's needs, right? This is a broken and hurting world. We all feel it. And there are people that have needs in our lives, in our communities, and around this world. And so for us, we should be proclaiming the truth, proclaiming the good news about Jesus, and then showing them the love that Jesus has for them. Now, that ministry wasn't anything new to the twelve. It's not anything new for us. It's the ministry that Jesus Christ had. It's what he had been doing. We've seen it already in Luke that he was going out and speaking about the kingdom, proclaiming the good news about the kingdom, and healing all their diseases. In Matthew, we see it recorded together in Matthew, Matthew 4, verse 23. Now Jesus began to go all over Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people, speaking the truth and demonstrating love. That was the, the, the ministry that Jesus had and he's called his disciples to that same ministry and he's called us today to that same ministry. Sharing the good news of the gospel and caring for the needs of others, which is a demonstration of his love. Okay, It's a demonstration of the love that God has. Jesus sends us out on his mission. We don't have to try to get creative. We don't have to try to figure out when we're thinking about ministry for our own lives or for this church, what does it need to look like? It needs to look like the ministry of our Savior. Speaking truth, demonstrating love. In the Gospel of John, we see these words recorded from Jesus speaking to his disciples. John 20 and verse 21. Peace to you. I'm sorry, Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. So just as the Savior was sent on mission... To speak the truth and demonstrate love. He's saying, I'm sending you the same way. I'm sending you out with this purpose, with my mission for the lost world. So let's remember the ministry that we've been given right? Let's not lose focus on what Jesus is calling us to. Let's not try to, uh, try to get creative and think, well, if maybe if we try something different, try something new, that doesn't mean we won't do some things different, but sometimes churches get so bogged down and thinking, what if I tried something new? Maybe that would, would reach somebody. We've been given the same mission and it's to speak the truth and demonstrate God's love for the people. So let's keep that in mind. Let's strive to tell others about our Savior and let's care for them deeply just like God does. The third thing I want us to see back in Luke 9 is this. Jesus calls us to trust him. Jesus calls us to trust him. Now there's a very unique way, a specific way that he's calling the 12 in this passage to trust him. Uh And we're called to trust him as well. It may look differently, but back in Luke 9, verses 3 through 5, Jesus tells them this, Take nothing for the road, he told them. No staff, no traveling bag, no bread, no money. Don't take an extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there and leave from there. And if they do not welcome you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So the disciples here were called to travel light right you're not going to you're not going to pack big heavy bags you're not going to have all kinds of supplies and the reason why is Jesus wanted them to see they could trust him he was going to provide for them so this is not a universal application that we have to say okay well i have to like i can't own anything or i can only have one pair of clothes or something like that what jesus was saying is look you're going to be going out On mission, on my mission. And what I want you to see is I'm going to give you everything that you need. I will provide for you in every way. And so just trust me. Don't take supplies. Trust that I'm going to take care of you. I've shared with you, I believe, before about uh, when I felt like God was calling me into ministry and I knew that I needed uh, some training because I had an education background, had been teaching in the public schools for 10 years, I knew that I had a lot to learn and so felt like God was leading me to go to seminary uh, and when I learned how much that was going to cost, I thought, there's no way that this can work. there's no way that we can afford this. And after finally about nine months of trying to wrestle through, what does that mean for us? It took my wife saying, if we both believe that this is what God has for us, he's going to take care of us. He's going to provide for us. The numbers may not make sense, uh, but he will take care of us. And every semester he took care of us. Uh, every semester, uh, tuition was paid and I graduated completely debt-free, didn't have to take out loans for anything because God was faithful to take care of me with what he was calling me to do. I didn't have to be worried like I was over and over again, right? And so God wants us to trust him when he calls us to something, when he gives us a work to do. He doesn't want us to, to worry about the provision because he will provide everything that's necessary and another very freeing thing that we see here is he also wants us to just trust him with the results right this isn't dependent upon them Uh, he lets them know there's going to be some people that reject you there's going to be some people who when they hear your message they won't accept it there will be people that reject you and he doesn't want them to worry about that. He doesn't want them to stress over like, oh man, we didn't say the right things or we didn't do the right things. This is all on us. He wants them to trust even with the people's responses. And he says, look, if someone rejects you, if a town hears the good news and they reject you, you can leave and not worry about it. Shake, your dust, shake the dust off your feet and walk away. Just trusting that God will handle the results. They didn't need to be worried about that, and that's very freeing when it comes to us thinking about sharing the good news with our friends, our family, our coworkers. Sometimes we think like, "Well, what if I say something wrong and, and they, they reject Jesus? Or what if I, I do something wrong? The results aren't us up to us." And so when we are serving Jesus faithfully, God says, just just trust me in all of it, in provision for it, and in the results, you can trust me. So, church, let's remember we can trust God. Right? He promises us that he will take care of us. In the book of Hebrews, we see these words. Hebrews thirteen. Verse 5 and 6. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. Therefore, we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Right? We have the promise that God will never leave us. With whatever He's calling us to, we are not alone in that. He will never abandon us. So even if we have nothing else, if we have God, we have everything that we need and we don't have to worry about anything. So let's continue to trust Him. Let's ask God to show us ways that we are struggling with trusting Him. Uh, ways we may dismiss what he's calling us to because we think, well, I, I just don't know if I've got what it takes. Let's ask God, like reveal what's going on in my heart and help me through the power of the Holy Spirit continue to trust you, God. Let's ask for that this week. The last thing I want us to see from this text is Jesus uses us to cause others to consider him. Jesus uses us to cause others to consider him. So let's look at verses 6 through 9. So they went out and traveled from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing everywhere. Herod the Tetrarch heard about everything that was going on. He was perplexed because some said that John had been raised from the dead, some that Elijah had appeared, and others that one of the ancient prophets had risen I beheaded John, Herod said. But who is this that I hear such things about? And he wanted to see him. So in verse 6, the the twelve were faithful to do what God had called them to do. They went out village to village, proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming the good news about Jesus, and healing people, caring for people's needs. So what was the effect of this ministry? People start talking. People start wondering about what is going on. Now, their answers to what was going on may have been wrong, but they're wondering and they're discussing and they're trying to figure things out. Even all the way up to Herod, the leader of the region, starts asking, what, what's going on here? I hear people talking. Some people think that John the Baptist, who Herod had killed, had him beheaded. Some people are saying, well, maybe it's John the Baptist has come back. Uh, maybe it's one of the other prophets has risen again. And God, But whatever it is, God's doing something right now. And Herod starts questioning and wondering. And he says, who is this that I'm hearing these things about? And he wanted to see him. Now, this is not Herod, like, coming to faith. This is not Herod, uh, at the point of saying, like, I believe in Jesus. But they, they, are, they are wondering. The people are discussing what God was doing because of the faithfulness of the twelve. They want to hear about, uh, Jesus in this. And so God is, is using their faithfulness to stir people's minds, to cause them to consider Jesus Christ. And he still does that today. He uses us for this purpose, right? To where how we live and the things that we speak to others causes them to consider what we say about the Savior that we proclaim. In Matthew 5, Verse 14 through 16, we see this. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. And it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. When people see our works, see our faithfulness, it turns their eyes to God. It causes them to realize God's doing something here through them. Let your light shine before others. Jesus uses us for the purpose of stirring in people's minds about who He is. And they start asking, who is this Savior? that they talk about? Who is this man that they keep talking about and that they faithfully serve? So if God is using us for this purpose, if he is using the way we live and the words we speak to stir in people's minds to consider Jesus Christ, then it's important that we examine ourselves, right? Because the the reality is we, we often find ourselves in, uh, you know, in one or two kind of extremes here. We either don't want to scare people off by talking about our faith, or we may talk about our faith, but then our lives are in complete opposite of the Savior that we, uh, profess. And that pushes people away. And so I think it's important for us to, as we know, God is using my life and my words with the lost world. God, what is it about what I'm saying and what I'm doing that people are hearing and people are seeing? Are people actually... Drawn close to wanting to know more about the Savior that I profess? Or does my life cause people to want to run in the opposite direction of Jesus? Because I say that I profess one thing, but I live like a hypocrite in contradiction. I speak cruelly to others. Or I uh, demonstrate no love in this world. We need to ask God, to, to show us ways that we need to be used, ways that He's wanting to use us in our lives, in our words, and in our actions with the lost people. So ask God this week. Let's all ask Him. God, show me. Is there anything in my life that's a contradiction that the lost can look at and say, I want nothing to do with their God? And if so, Holy Spirit, work Shape me, change me, and use me as you intend to so that others will be drawn close to Jesus. Now, if you haven't trusted in Jesus for salvation, you may have come to conclusions about what your purpose is, right? And, and those uh, conclusions uh, can be very wide variety, right? Maybe it's to uh, it just enjoy life. Maybe it's to do as much good as you can, leave some type of lasting impact. Maybe it's I'm just supposed to raise a a family. We want you to know that God has a greater purpose that encompasses all of your life. And if you would trust Jesus, if you would just believe in Jesus... He will give you that purpose. He will empower you to live out that purpose, and then he will use you on his mission. And so if you want to know more about receiving Christ, if you want to know more about trusting him, uh, fill out one of the yellow cards on the back of the seat uh, and just say that you'd like to schedule a meeting with the pastor or do you like to know more about trusting, uh, putting your faith in Jesus, and I'd love to meet with you and talk to you about that. Church, all believers... Have been sent out with a purpose. Every single one of us. And the good news is, is Jesus has empowered us with what he, what, he, what we need to do that. Uh, he is always with us so that we can trust him. And so let's continue to, uh, double down on the ministry that he's given us. Let's continue to double down on speaking the truth to the lost world who desperately needs to hear it. And let's continue to love them just like our Savior has loved us. Let's be faithful to those things for His glory. Let's pray. God, You are good and faithful. And we thank You for Your Word. We thank You uh, that You have not left us alone. And we thank you that you use us for your glory. And so keep working, God. Keep shaping us into the image of Jesus. Help us see clearly the work that you have for us and then give us boldness, God, to speak the truth about Jesus and show the love of Jesus to this lost world. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.